This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. It's a championship Friday night as we come to you once again from Benedict College, home of the state championship football games once again for 2022. We've had one game played today. Congratulations to the Abbeville Panthers. It's all about the A, and they won it today over Oceanside Collegiate 35-20. to to take the two-way state championship for Abbeville. That's number 12. If you're keeping count of state championships, that ties them with Somerville all-time in the states, trailing Gaffney. That's number eight for Coach Jamie Nichols, and they did it on the ground this afternoon, running the ball extremely well, throwing when necessary, but it wasn't necessary all that much. They built a 21-0 lead, and the two teams exchanged touchdowns in the in the second half Oceanside Collegiate scored Abbeville would answer Oceanside Abbeville then Oceanside uh, tacked on a late touchdown for the final score 35-20 more details on that coming up David Shelton will be joining us in a little bit to talk about this game the one last night the game coming up tonight for the 1A championship and the two games tomorrow in 4A and 3A as far as last night's game goes Buford what'd I say 3A. That was last night. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. 4A and 5A. As far as last night's 3A state championship, Buford was the winner. First time in a long time for the Eagles. They beat Powdersville 41-31. But the historical note about this game is that Buford did not attempt to pass in the entire <laughs> game. They did nothing but run the football, but they ran it unbelievably well. 424 rushing yards. On 67 carries, Casey Fields, who's a terrific athlete, 219 rushing yards on 37 carries, and he had a 93-yard kickoff return for a touchdown to boot. Then they have another outstanding player, Colton Fairs. He rushed for 198 yards on 28 carries, and he also returned some kicks. Uh, Powdersville has a kid named Thomas Williams who's going to Virginia Tech to play safety. They might want to change their mind about that position. 236 yards on 20 carries. He averaged 11.8 yards per carry. He's incredible. So, yeah, Clemson's looking for a running back. So is maybe South Carolina. There he is right there. But right now he's uh, committed to uh, Virginia Tech. So there you go. We're up to date. Those are the two championship games so far, 3A and 2A, 1A coming up, and then 5A tomorrow afternoon at high noon, Dutch Fork and Fort Dorchester, and then tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. They better change the light bulbs in the scoreboard for this one, right? (laughs) Northwestern and South Florence, loaded, loaded teams on offense. Lenora Sellers back in Columbia within view of the university, but over here at Benedict College to play for South Florence tomorrow night. That should be a heck of a game. Now, 
Besides all that, uh, and that's uh, Chris Bergen. He's coming to us from the Bergie Palace in Sardis. And Pat Daniel is at our Dave & Buster's studios in downtown Columbia. I'm over at Benedict College. I'm only about, I don't know, two miles from Pat or about a three-wood for me from here. About a th- good three-wood nice. okay. would hit the studios, yeah, with a little fade. I have to get it down get it down uh, two-notch and kind of turn it on Millwood a little bit and a couple of bounces along the way <laughs> will get me the to the holes. studio. <laughs> yeah, the potholes and bouncing Pot off some uh, buildings and things like that. But anyway, uh, we're here at Benedict. And good crowd this afternoon. We'll see what we have tonight yes, in the 1A championship. Yeah, good crowd. The 1A championship tonight's going to be Christ Church coming down from the upstate. And Christ Church will be taking on Johnsonville from the PD, the lower state. So this should be an interesting. I imagine, and David will talk about this shortly, a, uh, a, a, a battle of two different offensive styles. Christ Church likes to throw it. That's been their history. Johnsonville likes to run it. That's been their history. So we'll find out more from David on that coming up. Okay, Mr. Bergen, you, you sound like you just, you're just ready to talk, so take it away. <laughs> no, I was just interested listening to your recap from this afternoon's ball game, and it props to Abbeville. Uh, not only did they rush it extremely well and do what they do on offense, I thought their defense was terrific against a really, really good front offensive line for Oceanside Collegiate, and they held them in check. And Oceanside Collegiate went for it, what, three times in the first half? Did not convert a one. Uh, every time Abbeville's defense came to play, and I thought they were the better team this afternoon. And we touched on it with David last night that, uh, you know, Oceanside Collegiate, their first opportunity to play for a state championship at the two-way level, and uh, they were facing the tradition-rich team. And uh, certainly mm. that paid big dividends for Abbeville. And, and it would be curious to get David's take from a mental standpoint about tomorrow's 4A game because you have a program that's got great tradition in Northwestern, and then South Florence coming in with, the, I, I think, the best player in the state. But they've never been here before. So how big a deal is that playing in your first state championship? Yes, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal when you've been here a lot. I'll say this. Mm-hmm. We're two for two with coaches crying at the beginning of their postgame comments. Um, I mean, last night after Buford won, uh, Coach uh, Lebrand, he was emotional, and today uh, Coach Nichols was emotional with Abbeville, and I think it's just the relief. It's the pressure that yeah. builds. It's the relief when you finally you get that win and you get it behind you. Uh, and by the way, for those who are wondering, yes, there will be a high school scoreboard tonight at 10.05. We've got a great show lined up for you. Of course, David will be here with me. Chris Deering from uh, the Prep Red Zone is here, and he's going to be down watching the game uh, tonight. And he'll join us from that. Uh, Scott Early and Shell Dula, once again, going to keep those guys up late. But they'll join us to talk about uh, next week with the Touchstone Energy Bowl North-South game and the Mr. Football Award coming up uh, next Saturday. Big week next week in Myrtle Beach. We'll be there all week broadcasting sports talk from various locations. We'll have the game for you a week from Saturday on a great list of stations across the state of South Carolina. More on that to come. Uh, But back to tonight here on Sports Talk, of course, we've got these state championship games. We've got conference college championship games coming up. Of course, Clemson, North Carolina, uh, tomorrow night in Charlotte. We'll hear from the two coaches there. And Coastal Carolina going down to, again, one of the great vacation resort spots in America, (laughs) Troy 
Where is Troy exactly? It's not on I-20. If it's not on I-20 in Alabama, I don't think I've ever seen it. <laughs> it is, and I'm not sure about the geography, but um, it is near Auburn, Montgomery, that part of the state. Okay. It's, I think an hour's drive from Auburn, if I'm not mistaken, so it's in that portion of the state. But, yeah, it's, it's okay. one of the lovely garden spots of, of Alabama. Well, if you keep on going, then you'll eventually hit the Gulf. True. Right? Yeah. Yes, sir. I mean, I've never – I think I've driven by there then because I've driven through Atlanta <clears throat> to Auburn, uh, to the Gulf, to Mobile. I think that's, what, 65 that you pick up? Is it – no, 85? Is it 85 to 65 that you pick up to get down there? Um, so, I think I've, I've probably driven by it. But Coastal's got their hands full tomorrow. Yes, What's the situation do. with Grayson McCall? Well, according to uh, Jamie Chadwell at his press conference today, they had both coaches meet with the media one final time before tomorrow, and he said that Grayson will be a game-time decision. And I'm, I'm curious if that's as much sportsmanship and sort of gamesmanship a little bit from Jamie Chadwell's perspective, not wanting Troy to uh, get a gauge one way or the other. And if legitimately Grayson can play tomorrow, they, he said they'll have to go through warm-ups and see where he is. If you leave it up to Grayson McCall, I can promise you he's going to say he's fine and he wants to be yeah. out there. And they're going to need him tomorrow to defeat Troy, one of the best defenses, not just in the Sun Belt field, but in the country. They are extremely good. They're nasty up front. They, they do a terrific job with what they do. Plus, they have not lost a home game this season. They are unbeaten at their place, which is a really, really nice G5-level stadium. So, yeah, Coastal's walking into a hornet's nest tomorrow. And uh, they brought up two of their seniors, and they were talking about how, how great this was to be able to host a Sun Belt championship game and be able to play their final home game playing for a championship. So I don't think motivation is going to be a problem for either team tomorrow, and, and Coastal's going to have to figure out a way. If, if Grayson can't go, they've got to play better defensively than they did last week against James Madison because you give up 47 points, you're not going to beat anybody. No, you're not. And they need McCall to play. I mean, I, no I kind of thought going into last week's game that the backup quarterbacks and what I had seen the previous week could get the job done. But James Madison made me a believer that that's not the case. They need McCall. They need McCall to be in there. Now, if he's not healthy, you know, if, if he's less than 75%, then you don't want him out there. But they need him out there if he can play and make things happen. And that was, that's going to be a key for them. Of course, some um, had Phil, news this much? morning. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sorry, I, I was going to say, too, I, I wonder how much of a distraction the news this week about Jamie Chadwell's name popping up in South Florida and now evidently is starting to pick up steam with Liberty. Uh, you wonder how much that, that may distract the players from what they were trying to do this week to get ready and play. I think this there's no good time for a coaching search, but the championship weekends is, is probably one of the worst to try and fill mm -hmm. your, your slot. But I'm guessing at Liberty in South Florida and those places, they don't really care. They just want to make sure they get yeah. their guy. But it's got to be tough on the uh, teams who might lose the coach at this time of year. You know, it was reported, of course, he didn't get the job, but it was reported out of, um, I think it was Football Scoop that reported last week that Jamie Chadwell interviewed for Georgia Tech before they went and played James Madison. Uh, that was out. And, of course, Georgia Tech decided to stay with, with their interim coach and, and promote him. Uh, so you do wonder if that is uh, affecting the players. Now, a note that we uh, reported this morning is that South Carolina star corner Cam Smith has signed with his agent and thus is ending his college career at South Carolina. Great college career that it was for Cam Smith and thus will not be playing in the bowl game. Uh, reached out to a USC spoke spokesman for confirmation. If they, had, if they knew anything, could confirm it, and was told that um, 
Shane Beamer will meet with the media at 5 o'clock on Sunday after the bowl bid comes out. But this was from a source who uh, is, is familiar with happenings in the sports agency business and tells us that um, Zach Hiller and Matthew Leist of uh, what you got there? Zach Hiller and Matthew Leist, the agency loyalty above all is the agency that um, is uh, representing him. I, is that his announcement? Okay, so apparently he's put it out on Twitter. Thank you. 15 minutes ago, okay. So it's now official from him. He's put it out on Twitter. So he signed with an agency, Loyalty Above All. He did so on November 26th, the day of the Clemson game. Now, you know, I would assume he signed after the Clemson game. That game kicked off at 12, so he could have signed at 5 o'clock that afternoon, whatever. But that is the day that's listed as when he actually signed with the agency. Uh, He redshirted at USC in 2019, though he played in three games, started three games and played in eight in 2020. Then he became a major factor in 21. He played in 11 games, started seven, had 41 tackles, three interceptions, broke up 11 more passes with second team AP All-SEC after the season. This season, 27 tackles, one pick, defended six others. His career started 19 of 33, 91 tackles, six picks, and 24 passes defended. He's a talent. He's projected as a first-round pick. So, in this case, you don't blame the kid for going ahead and making this move. But uh, now that the rules have changed so dramatically with regards to a name, image, and likeness, where you mentioned that his college career is over for signing with an agent, is that still the rule? So you can get paid for a lot of other things, but you can't sign with an agent and play. I don't don't see Uh, Apparently not. I asked the same question, to be sure. And – was told that that's the case. You might wonder, you know, why don't you take your NIL money? But, you know, agents can throw a heck of a lot more money at you probably than, I mean, what's he – I have no idea what kind of money he might have made through NIL at South Carolina. Did he right. make $10,000? Did he make fifty? Did he make 100 Agents with a first-round draft pick? What do you think they, they signed him up for a signing bonus maybe? Half mil? Uh-huh. A mil? At, at least. You're not getting that through NIL. Not at South Carolina. Not right now. I wouldn't think so. I'm sure he's taking the bigger money, going to go ahead and start preparing for the NFL draft and wish his team well in the uh, in the bowl game, whichever one. And you wonder who else from South Carolina might opt out, and you wonder who else from Clemson might uh, opt out once they find out where they're going to be playing. Where's Clemson going to fo- – you know, nobody's talked about this. Where's Clemson going if they lose to North Carolina? What's the fall, uh, Pat? Do you happen to know off the top of your head what the fallback is for Clemson for the ACC championship game? Loser, the winner will go to the Orange Bowl, but the loser will go where? Anybody happen to know? I don't write off okay. the top of my head because I'm Way not sure respond, if anybody's. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody's uh, brought that question to the forefront that North Carolina well, actually has a to. chance to win tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not an automatic. That's for sure. Um, and we'll look that up, and and we will report back to you when we figure that out. Okay, so coming up, uh, David Shelton in just a moment. Then we've got uh, the governor and the attorney general. Uh, one final time before the bowl games, these are the championship game picks. Uh, we'll give you our picks, update uh, our standings of the Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge, uh, see who's doing what. Um, and then uh, oh, Lee Sterling returns tonight after the holiday break. He'll have some picks for us as well. We'll hear from uh, Sweeney, and we'll hear from Brown. We'll hear from uh, Chadwell. Uh, and then George Bryan uh, and Tsunami Robbie uh, join us at uh, 7.30. Going to talk about winter golf, getting in shape for winter golf, and just getting in shape 
and getting the body uh, uh, tightened up here for this winter using the things that they offer there at Tsunami Bar Sports. All that's coming up at 7.30, so stay tuned for that. Phil, I, so, I, I apologize. I yes. missed you a moment ago. I was trying to finish building uh, the commercial break there. That's so there's, okay. there's three, yes, uh-huh. three potential options. If the Tar Heels beat the Tigers on Saturday, uh, one of three things will happen. Clemson will either go to the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, the Cheez-It Bowl Ugh. again down in Orlando, Ugh. or the Duke's Mayo Ugh. Bowl in Charlotte. Those are, those are three of the second-tier bowls with the ACC. Oh, how much do you want to see Dabo Sweeney get, get the Mayo bath? bath. Oh, my right. gosh, how much will people pay to see that? There is a fourth option, but it's unlikely. Uh-huh. That would be the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. But Notre Dame, because of their tie-ins, if they are within one game of the ACC team eligible for that bowl, which they would be, they would automatically take that spot if they do not qualify for a higher bowl. So mo- most likely it'll be Holiday Bowl, Cheez-It Bowl, or Duke's Mayo. Yeah, and, and Notre Dame's going to get smashed wherever they go because their quarterback announced today that he's entered the portal and he won't be with uh, Notre Dame for their bowl game. So, Mr. Pine, so they'll be pining wow. for somebody else at quarterback, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's not a good time to lose your quarterback about two or three weeks before you're going to play in a bowl game. And the Gamecocks might draw Notre Dame in a bowl game uh, based on some of the uh, some of the suggestions out there. Okay, let's hit the break, and let's connect with David Shelton on the other side, talk some more high school football, and then into the football filibuster and a whole bunch more coming up here on Sports Talk on this Founders Federal Football Friday night from Benedict College State Championship weekend. And don't forget the high school scoreboard tonight. We won't have many scores, but we'll have plenty of content. Be sure to join us tonight at 10.05 for that, and we'll be back in a moment. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. In Columbia, South Carolina, game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue, we're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money? Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury like from a wreck or mishap or on the job. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR. Of course, South Carolina is great for the hunters, Major. What do the hunters need to remember before they get out in the fields? It seems like every other show we're talking about hunting safety of some sort. One thing we want hunters in this state to remember is always identify your target and what lies beyond it. Make sure before you pull that trigger that you know what you're looking at. 
whether it's a turkey during turkey season or a deer during deer season, you know your identifying features of your game. You know what's beyond that target in case you miss. Learn more about the great outdoors in South Carolina with Major Billy Downer on SC Wild here on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, let's welcome in David Shelton to Sports Talk on this Founders Federal Football Friday Night Championship Edition from Benedict College. Good to see you this afternoon, David. David's made his way back down I-26 to Charleston. He'll join us tonight via long distance. But before we touch on the games that have been played, let's jump on the game coming up tonight in 1A and then the two games tomorrow. Give us your thoughts on the three games that are still ahead and what you think is going to happen. Uh, well, I think um, I think uh, Christchurch will will find a way to beat Johnsonville tonight. I think both teams will run the football. Um, I think Christchurch has a little bit better passing threat, so I think that'll that'll uh, probably play in to their favor. To their favor, and then um, and then um, and um, and, um who's the who's Fort Dorchester Dutch Fork? I really like uh, Dutch Fork on that. I think they're 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 playing. Uh, very well. They're coming off a big win now. Now Fort Dorchester's playing very well too uh, at here mm-hmm. at the end of the season. But uh, but I really I really just think that uh, that that this is Dutch Fork's title to to win. I, I I just feel like that. And and then that game in the in the nightcap. Now I'm telling you what uh, hmm. that'll be better. I think the Northwestern South Orange game will probably be better than any other college conference championship game. So uh, folks might want to. If you're in Columbia and you got nothing to do tomorrow night, you might want to go over to Benedict and watch that. that that's going to be a, a shootout, two really good teams. Um, both teams are underrated defensively because they score so many points. You know, their defense doesn't get a lot of exposure, but they're really good on defense, both teams. So, um, I mean, you look at who South Florence beat to get there, AC Floor, and then uh, Northwestern beat a really talented athletic explosive Greenville team. So I, I think it matches up. I think it could be the best matchup of the weekend, to be honest with you. All right. And we'll go into more detail tonight on the high school scoreboard. What about the two games played so far? The running teams, uh, the teams that dominated on the ground, both came away with the trophies last night and tonight. Yeah, you know, and, and, and it kind of goes, it's kind of old school football. What we've seen the last two nights, Buford, what they did last night with 424 yards rushing, uh, didn't even attempt a pass. Uh, Abbeville did attempt, you know, three or four passes and did throw a touchdown pass, but they had 283 yards rushing. And, uh, you know, today Abbeville just got out to a good lead at 21 nothing. And I think Oceanside lost that game in the first half when they had the ball in the red zone four times and didn't score. Um, I, I think that told the story right there. And, and Chad Wilkes agreed. He just He just felt like they needed to score when they had the opportunity and because he felt like Abbeville would find a way to score, and they did. Abbeville's got that terrific running game, that tradition, big old running back that they used in the second half to kind of wear him down too. Number 35, I think, is his number. He's a underclassman, somebody to watch in the future. He's a powerful running back. He's a big old boy. Altavius, um, I want to say Patterson, I think. But, uh, but yeah, 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 they got, right. you know, the A-bone – 
the A-bone was uh, clicking on all cylinders. You know, they averaged 305 yards rushing a game. So, you know, 283 is a little below their average, but it was really good. So, uh, And they threw a touchdown pass, which I think caught a lot of people by surprise um, when they when they actually, in that area of the field, they were in the red zone and it looked like they were just going to try to keep running. And they pulled out and threw a, a really nice pass that Javario Tinch made a great play in the end zone on. Um, but, you know, you know, for Oceanside, you know, they kind of dominated. They played a tough schedule. They beat Sumter. They beat Carolina Forest. They lost to South Lawrence by one point. But in, in the latter part of the season, they, they were falling behind in every game, and they were just good enough to come back. And Chad Wilkes said today, you don't spot Abbeville 21 points and expect to win. No, no question about it because they're, they're so well coached and disciplined and they're good on defense too. Yeah, stopping Oceanside Collegiate on the last play of the first half at the one-yard line and they're out of timeouts, the half expires. That was, a, that was a big play as well. David, thank you. Rest up. We'll talk to you tonight a little bit after 10 o'clock, my man. Okay, man. Thanks. David Shelton with us here on Sports Talk. Coming back with a football filibuster in a moment. Okay, it is time once again here on Sports Talk to welcome in not only two of the great political figures of our era in South Carolina, but two of the great football minds. I've learned so much listening to them over the football season, picking games, their rationale, why they like a team, why they don't like a team. Just the hard work and preparation that they put into this is its second to none, I would say. And we appreciate the effort here on Sports Talk because we want everything to be of course, the best it can be. We welcome in former Governor Jim Hodges, who is uh, already, he's there early for Mardi, uh, Mardi Gras in New Orleans. He's never <laughs> one to be late for anything. So he's, he's already down there in New Orleans uh, getting ready. And Attorney General Alan Wilson is uh, with us as well. I'm not sure what the general has going on this week. He's still celebrating that Gamecock victory. Uh, general, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's great to be with you. Yeah, how you feeling? I'm feeling fantastic. I'm telling you, last week was just amazing. It was I couldn't believe it. I don't think I don't think anybody uh, dreamed that was going to happen. Um, I knew we'd cover the spread, but my goodness, wow! What what a what a great turnout by the Gamecocks. Terrific ball game. That's all we were uh, hoping for across the state. Let's just have a good ball game and let the chips fall where they may. Governor, what is going on in New Orleans that has attracted your attention this weekend? Well, there's a there's a governor's meeting down here. It's their annual holiday event in New Orleans. So I'm back here. I was here a couple of weeks ago, and I'm back again. Uh, and looking forward to getting back home. Well, well, well. I mean, governors or old governors? Like, I mean, you're an old governor. You're not you're not still a governor. I mean, you're an and no. Maybe nobody told you, but you're not governor anymore. I call you governor, but I mean, you do realize that, right? <laughs> well, they tolerate allowing some of us to come to these meetings. It's current. It, it's current governors, but they sit us over in the corner with canes, and we watch what's going on. 
Well, of the of the current sitting governors who are there, who would you say is? And this is just between us. Who would you say is the most powerful governor of the sitting governors who are there? Oh, gosh, that's hard to say. I, I, you know, it's um, so th- those that are here, these are all Democratic governors that are, are here at this meeting. Oh. Um, I, Governor, Mur- Governor Murphy from New Jersey is chairman of the national governors and of the Democratic governors. So he's sitting in a pretty good position right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They ask you for advice? Uh, they ask me about football picks all the time. They think I'm an expert on that. <laughs> well, they they would be wise to listen to you because obviously your reputation for winning the Corn Cup has reached all the way across the country because I'm sure if those other governors were invited to their statewide sports talk shows, of which there are no others besides ours, but if they had one and they were invited – to share, they would want the Corn Cup as well. You are leading the Corn Cup going into championship weekend, Governor, 37-28. and 28. You've opened up a seven-game lead, 3-2 and two last week. General, 2-3 and three last week. And this is, I hate to tell you, General, this is when the Governor usually shines. He's, he, he sort of saves his best for championship weekend and, and bowl season. You better be on your game here. Well, he's certainly I've been on his game the last couple of weeks. I got to tip my hat to the governor. He's he's really taken me to the woodshed the last couple of weeks. I can't seem to break out of the two and three rut. I've been getting two and three a lot, so I got to up my game this this week. Well, let's see what you got this week, guys, going into championship weekend, and then we'll come back later in December with a ten bowl pick. So have no fear, General. Things can happen. You've got at least fifteen picks left to turn this thing around. So let's start with you, and let's start with Troy and Coastal. Coastal, boy, they really uh, – I was shocked. I mean, I knew they were going to be playing the backup quarterbacks last week, but I did not foresee a beatdown like they took last week. So they're getting eight-and-a-half points at Troy for the Sun Belt Championship. General, you lead us. What do you think? Normally I would look at – what happened to them last week and and consider that predictive of what they're going to do this week. But I did that the last couple of weeks and it didn't serve me well. So I feel like they're going to bounce back. (laughs) Um, And so I'm going to do the opposite of what I normally do. And I'm going to go with Coastal. Coastal? Eight and a half points is good, Governor. But, man, the way James Madison beat them, I don't know that Troy's as good as James Madison. But they are getting eight and a half. What do you think? The general just adopted the George Costanza rule. Do the opposite of what your instincts are. <laughs> um, I'm taking Troy for a couple of reasons. Troy is playing at home. And then the other piece is I just think Coastal, with all these coaching change uh, discussions, it, it, I think it's been distracting. They haven't quite been on their game this year. So I'm going to take Troy. Troy. Okay. The men of Troy. You got them. Uh, Governor, TCU, Kansas State, out there in the uh, Big 12, and it is Kansas State uh, is getting two and a half. Kansas State getting two and a half. TCU right now in the uh, in the playoff, in the top four. What do you think is going to happen here? TCU favored by two and a half. I think TCU is going to continue the momentum and win this one by at least a touchdown. So I'll take TCU. All right. Uh, General, a lot of people think Kansas State's a dangerous team. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with the governor on this one. I'm going to go with TCU. 
you want TCU as well. At least it's a small spread. I don't like championship games. You shouldn't have championship games with such big spreads. I mean, the two teams playing for a championship should be pretty closely matched. But in the Big Ten, you got Purdue getting 16-and-a-half against Michigan General. I, I think that's too big a spread. Uh, I'm, your, your logic uh, holds for me. Um, I just think it's too big a spread. So, uh, give me give me Purdue covering. The Boilermakers. You also have to be concerned if you're Michigan governor about the Ohio State hangover and leftovers from Thanksgiving. You know, so much put into beating Ohio State. Can they uh, regenerate the energy and enthusiasm uh, tomorrow? Uh, Sixteen and a half. Michigan's laying that. I just think they're about three touchdowns better than Purdue. I, I get all that, but this is the – it's important for them to have a good game in terms of seeding and the playoffs. Uh, so I'm going to take Michigan in this one. I think they're going to win this hand. Okay. All right, very good. Let's go to the SEC. Georgia, LSU, another case, two teams, but the odds makers see a blowout. Governor, dogs favored by 17 and a half. Yeah, I'm with the odds makers on this. I, you know, Georgia just has made a believer in me this year. I, I do not see them having a flat game. I think they're going to uh, really pour it on here and beat LSU handily. Okay, General. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with the governor on this one. I mean, Georgia's just they're kind of like in a class all to themselves. And after what you know, I've seen LSU the last couple of weeks. I I just don't see it. But you know, and also with LSU's what three losses and playing in the SEC yeah. championship is that correct? Yeah, that's right. One yeah, of those losses right. was the Florida State. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with I'm going to go with Georgia. Okay, yeah, two losses, won the the West this year. So you want Georgia as well? Lay the seventeen and a half. That brings us to the game in Charlotte tomorrow night, ACC championship game, Clemson, North Carolina. Maybe not the kind of spread you would have thought a few weeks ago. It's tightened up, probably based on the way Clemson uh, has played not winning impressively in some cases, losing to South Carolina in another case. General, Tar Heels are getting seven and a half. They've got the ACC Player of the Year in Drake May. Will he outshine his counterpart from Clemson? I feel like Clemson's got no choice but to outperform um, to exceed expectations. You know, obviously last week was just a shock to them. Um, It was a shock to all of us, but – um, I feel like Clemson's going to step it up this year. I mean, th- this week they're going to have to get some uh, pride points on the board there to to you know try to move up a little bit. So I'm, you know, give me Clemson. You got the Tigers, Governor. I, I'm with the general. I just don't think North Carolina's that good, and um, I think they'll contain Drake May. And uh, and and after last week's game with Carolina, all week uh, Dabo's been talking about. Uh, making them watch that film and how bad they played. I mean, they're going to come out firing, so I think Clemson. Okay, both of you got Clemson. So let's take a look at this. we got uh, amendments here. In general, you'll have a chance to amend first. So you agree on Clemson and Georgia uh, and TCU, and you disagree, Michigan, Purdue, Troy, Coastal. General, would you like to amend anything? Well, you know, I've been rethinking the coastal Troy selection, and I kind of see where the governor's going. I don't disagree, but I feel like 
you know, I got we got to have a spread between us. If, if we, I, I don't have the luxury of choosing all the same games that he's got. So I'm going to keep mine the way they are, although I'm a little hesitant on the Troy Coastal game. But I'm going to keep it. Okay. Uh, he was breaking up on me, Pat. Could you could you tell can, me what he can said? Can you hear me? Very Hello? Yeah, well, it's on our end. I, it's the connection of from the state studio to me is a little scratchy. I didn't hear what you said at the end. I'm going to hold is the short version of what I was gotcha. saying. Heard uh, that. I, I was Heard saying. that. Okay, you're going to hold. So you want what you've got. Governor, how about you? How many different games do we have? Do we have two or three? How many different – I think you asked how many different games. That is correct. Yeah, that they that's differ right. Yeah. On? yeah, you differ on Michigan, Purdue, and Troy, and Coastal. So you agree on TCU, Georgia, and Clemson. Right. No, I'll stick. I, I, I feel comfortable. He's sticking. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, the feed coming back to me is, is scratchy and dropping out. But I understand you're sticking with what you got, Governor, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Heard you. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Governor, you behave yourself there in New Orleans. You know, strange things happen down there in the Crescent City. <laughs> No doubt. I'll behave myself. You behave. Uh, in general, we know you'll behave yourself, and uh, we'll talk to you guys we'll, uh, in a few weeks. I'll get back to you after the holidays. So let me wish you both a happy holiday season, and we'll get you back with us around bowl time. Thank happy you, sir. Holidays. Same to you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thank you. Same Thanks, to you guys. guys. Thank you very much. Apologize for the little delay there, but sometimes the audio coming back to me from those guys on the phone uh, drops out, and uh, I can't hear him, and it happened right there. Okay, we appreciate that very much. Why don't we um, – hey, Pat, let's go ahead and hit the break, and we'll come back with Lee Sterling, and then we can start going over some of our picks as well and update things on our Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge. So we'll go to the break here, uh, give you our picks, uh, professional help from Lee Sterling coming up, and then we'll hear from Dabo Sweeney, Mac Brown, uh, Jamie Chadwell, and then 7.30, birdies and bogeys around South Carolina with George, Brian, and others coming up here on Sports Talk. Don't forget, Clemson's got basketball tonight, too. They're opening up their ACC campaign against a one-loss Wake Forest team at Little John Coliseum. This should be a pretty good basketball game. Clemson with two losses, two narrow losses, but feeling pretty good about themselves after beating Penn State. And Wake Forest, good ball club, Steve Forbes, B.J. Mackey, putting together a good program. Only one loss for the Deacons coming in. See how that plays out tonight. We'll be back in a moment. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. 
When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Hope, life, and the great Palmetto. What do these things have in common? Scholarship dollars. The SC Hope, the life, and the Palmetto Fellow Scholarships are funded by the lottery players of this great state. And after 20 years, you've invested over $7 billion in education. $7 billion. Impressive. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at SCCattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. All right, professional help. Coming up from Lee Sterling as far as what's happening in the Great Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge. All right. Who is our leader at this point going into championship weekend? None other. I don't know how he does it. Got a new baby and everything. Smitty, Matt Smith, a 4-1 week. He's 43-22. and 22. He's just kicking butt and taking names. The big kahuna, Bobby Harton, and Fran, the money coach, Halloran. He knows how to spend your money and his. 35 and 30. Fran went 5 and 0 last week. So big shout out there. Okay, next is at 35 and 30. We go next to who would be next after that? It looks like it is uh, the bad boy, Alan Smothers, and gentleman Jim Corbett, attorney for the Stars, uh, 31 and 34. Smothers 3 and 2 last week, and Jim 2 and 3. No, actually. Hang on, I'm actually a game ahead of them. I went three and two last week, so I'm 32 and 33, a game ahead of them. Then we have the um, the guys with 30 correct. That would be you, Pat, a two and three week, and Kev Cohen a two and three week. You're 30 and 35, and then Chris a one and four week for you leaves you at 29 and 36. I should have stuck with uh, NC Do- State, shouldn't I? Should have. <laughs> Doctor Rick, De Rick. Two and three last week, 27 and 38. And then we have next Teddy Hefner, one and four last week, 26 and 39. And in the basement alone, once again, Pete Yannitator, two and three last week, 25 and 40 overall for PDP. So there you go with how we stand. As far as what we're looking at for this weekend, 
Here's what we're looking at for this weekend. We have got, well, I'm going to go with the Tar Heels. Give me the seven and a half. I've lost faith in Clemson. Give me Georgia. Give me Michigan. Give me TCU. Give me Troy. Taking the point. I'm sorry. I'm going to um, uh, take Troy and lay those points to Coastal. Uh, Chris, run down your picks because I don't have them in front of me. I took uh, Clemson, Georgia, um, Michigan. What was the other game we had? TCU and Troy. TC, I took TCU and then I also took Troy. If you Grayson doesn't play well. tomorrow, yeah. If Grayson McCall doesn't yeah. play tomorrow, I just it, I don't think it's going to go well for the uh, shot clears. Uh, Dr. Rick's going with Clemson, Georgia, Michigan, Kansas State, Troy. Smitty likes uh, the Tigers. LSU, Michigan, Kansas State, Troy. Uh, Pat likes the two Tigers there at the top, plus Michigan, TCU, but he likes Coastal. Kevin Cohen going with Clemson, LSU, Purdue, Kansas State, Troy. Big Kahuna, as much as it pains him, he's trying to win a competition here. He'll take Clemson, LSU, Michigan, TCU, and Coastal. Fran is going with uh, Clemson, LSU, Michigan, TCU, Troy. Teddy, Clemson, Georgia, Michigan, Kansas State, Troy. The bad boy likes Clemson and Georgia and Purdue, and he likes Kansas State and Coastal. Gentleman Jim, he's going with Clemson, Purdue, LSU, Kansas State, and Troy. And Pete Yanity is going to go with North Carolina, Michigan, Georgia, Kansas State, and Coastal. Uh, Pat, I just got a text from Lee. He's ready and standing by for us, so if you want to dial him up, he is standing by, waiting to join us whenever you can get him on the line. So there you go with our picks for this week. And coming up, we'll have the professional help from Lee Sterling. So, so uh, Chris, what do you think about the competition at this point? I've been embarrassed at my performance. <laughs> and even when I had initially picked correctly, I talked myself out of it. So this is, this is why I do not gamble. And it is why if you want real good advice outside of Lee Sterling, you probably ought to call Smitty. <laughs> Smitty's plugged in as well as anybody. Good grief. It's amazing, man. The guy the never sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> he never sleeps. He never eats. You know, all he does is work and pick games. Mm-hmm. So. And he's good at both. All right, we got Lee Sterling. We got Lee with us? Yeah, I hear his music. Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com, ready to share his deepest thoughts with you. Another winning week last week. Lee has won 13 of 16 weeks this season. I wish my Packers could say the same thing, Lee, but they cannot. (laughs) They cannot say that whatsoever. You're on fire. It's great to have you back with us after the holidays. Let's jump into your picks for this week. You've got your 45-unit college football blowout special on Kansas State. Last weekend, a runaway. You're now 5-1 and one on your 45- and 50-unit plays this year. Fantastic. So let's go to Southern Cal by two over the Utes of Utah. Your thoughts? So first game that was played, two horrendous calls changed the game. Right before the half, they called a late hit on a USC defensive lineman. It wasn't a late hit. He was within a step ended up becoming a touchdown for the Utes, and then the last drive, the same thing happened again. I think the USC running backs and receivers, step or two faster than Utah defense here, revenge. USC moves on to the Final Four, 
Oh, you mean Southern yep. Cal, right? Southern, Southern Cal, Cal moving on to the final yeah, four. I meant Southern That's Cal. Right, yep. Because yep. you had Gamecock fans excited there for a second. No. Um, <laughs> you know, you got, got to know who you're talking to. Let's go I to know, Georgia. You got them favored by LSU, uh, by 18 over LSU. Yeah, I, I think some people will say LSU was looking ahead when they lost last week to A&M. I just think they got whipped at the line of scrimmage here. Uh, Jaden Daniels was in a walking boot yesterday. They need him 100% and probably to play his best game of the year. I don't see it happening. Georgia's played in this venue too many times. They want to be the number one seed. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. Georgia, 42-16. Mm, I agree. And the place is going to be rolling with Bulldog fans. You know that. Let's oh, yeah. go to uh, Clemson, favored by seven against the Tar Heels. Yeah, and this is what I always see with, with North Carolina. When you – Count them out, and you think they're not going to show up. They play their best ball. They've lost all three games this year by seven points or less here. Uh, I have a feeling maybe we see Cole Klubnik here in the game. DJ was awful last week, eight for 29 for a lowly 99 yards here uh, against, you know, a mediocre best South Carolina defense. I'll take the dog here. I think North Carolina is going to pull off the shocker and be headed to the Orange Bowl. Wrong team favorite, 31-30. Oh, that's all Clemson fans need. 31-30. They just had that. Clemson just dealt with that last I week. Know. Double dose. They, they, they won't, fans won't be able to take it two weeks in a row. Your free game, your game that's free is Troy yep. and Coastal. Yep, they want to get that game free. We're on a roll going four against both of these teams. 800-400-9741. Get it for free. 800-400-9741. And got our double down December Entire month of games, college football in the NFL, just $297, just one place, ParamountSports.com. Thank you, my friend. You have a great week. We'll talk to you again around the bowl time, I'm sure. Look forward to having you back with us. Thanks, Phil. Thank you very much. Lee Sterling, Sterling Picks, professional help. Uh, Chris, if if Clemson loses again 31-30, what will Tiger <laughs> fans do in general? Gee, Manetti. I don't know. If you lose to both the Carolina teams on your schedule by that exact same score, I don't know how you handle that. And, boy, if they if they drop two straight going into bowl season, it will be a long couple of weeks before the Tigers get back out on the field. That's just wacky. It's just wacky to think that. Okay, we'll come back. We're going to hear from Dabo Sweeney, Mac Brown, Jamie Chadwell, and then um, birdies and bogeys around South Carolina. All that's coming up. Welcome back to Sports Talk. On the Sports Talk Media Network, you can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, we continue with Sports Talk on this championship Friday night from here at Benedict College, home of the state championships again this year. Got the 1A game just getting underway, Christchurch and Johnsonville earlier today. It was Abbeville defeating Powdersville for the 2A state championship. Last night it was Beaufort winning the 3A state championship. And now we look ahead to this game tonight 
and then the two games tomorrow. And don't forget the high school scoreboard tonight. We'll dive even deeper into the games that have been played and the games coming up tomorrow, 10.05 to midnight. Make sure you check it out here on our stations across the state. It is championship weekend, not just here, but, of course, across the country with college championship games. Let's jump into the ACC game tomorrow, Clemson and North Carolina. Tigers are favored to beat the Tar Heels, win the championship, forget about last weekend, and go on to the Orange Bowl and make everything all better again. That would be 11 wins, playing in a traditional New Year's Day bowl game at night, getting all the coverage that they can get, and feeling a little bit better about themselves if they can win. Here is Dabo Sweeney today in Charlotte with the media at the Panther Stadium at Bank of America Stadium talking about those Tar Heels and his team getting ready for tomorrow. Okay, uh, well, we're good to be back in uh, Charlotte. Uh, you know, sat, sat at home and, and watched this last last year, so it's good to be back here and, and uh, you know, have an opportunity to represent uh, the Atlantic, which I think is the only division in college football, or at least Power 5, to have six teams with seven-plus wins. So uh, super excited about you know, winning our division and earning an opportunity to be in this game. It's a, it really is uh special, you know, this time of year, you know, when you're playing, there's a, a trophy being handed out and uh, you know, we're excited again to be here and, and be a part of uh, a great venue um, and uh, represent this league. And, you know, we want to congratulate uh, coach Brown and, and his staff and all of the, uh, their team, the same thing, you know, they're a, they're a division champion. They earned their way here and uh, it's special, you know. These opportunities are uh, are unique uh, to to get these opportunities, especially when you look back historically. Um, and uh, I got hired 14 years ago yesterday, uh, as a matter of fact. And uh, you know, at that time, we we had been a long time since Clemson won a championship. And so, to I, I just I, I have such a great appreciation for the opportunity to be here and all that goes into. Uh, earning the way here. It's hard. It's hard to win. And so really proud of our team uh, for their season that they've had to, to get to this point. And again, look forward to a great matchup uh, tomorrow night. Um, you know, look forward to competing and, and hopefully playing our best. Uh, with that, we'll take uh, take whatever questions you got. Hey, Coach. Steve Reed from the Associated Press. Um, what what are your biggest concerns when you look at North Carolina on tape? Uh, what, what jumps out? The, the, concerns you yeah well they're the eighth best passing offense in the nation you know they got a heisman caliber quarterback that's playing with unbelievable confidence got great receiver everybody talks about 11 but it's not just him it's three it's five it's 18 it's those tight ends they got the the backs are really good players uh you know they've got a great scheme they, they're very confident in what they do so you know they play with tempo uh, a lot of a lot of you know they they get their ball to the playmakers, uh, a lot of formations and motions and shifts. So there's a lot of things to handle for schematically, but they got good players. And again, uh, you know, we've not been great. Uh, we just, we just gave up a bunch of passing yards last week and you get to play this bunch and they're eighth in the country. So that's a concern uh, for sure. And then, uh, you know, defensively they've gotten better. Uh, they, I think as the year has gone, they've really improved. They've had a lot of injuries and, and that, things they had to work through uh, to get to this point. Um, but they're much improved there for sure. And then their return game, you know, I mean, Levin's uh, a guy back there that, that can beat you on one play. So there's a lot to, that concerns you about, you know, who they are and what they're capable of doing. Hey, Coach, you talked about being out of the championship game last year. 
what's it like? Do you have a different appreciation for it, having missed it last year after so many years of such high-level success and now being back? Does it give you a different appreciation for the event? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like I said, I got this job and and we went to the championship game my very first year in 09. It was in Tampa uh, for whatever reason. Uh, that one time, uh, it was like a one-off, but and we got beat. Uh, but just I just remember what a big deal it was to get there, and then we weren't there in 10. We got back in 11 up here, and we won it. And um, and then we weren't here in 12, 13, 14. We had good teams, really good teams, but uh, we weren't we weren't here. And then to get back here in 15, it was such a big deal. And then, you know, um, I guess what, uh, six years in a row we were here. And you don't, you know, you just put your head down and go to work. Um, and, you know, you see what, what happens. And so we're just very blessed to have had the opportunity. And then last year we came up short, you know, we competed, we were in it kind of till all the way down to that last weekend, but didn't work out for us. Um, so I'm proud of our guys this year, undefeated in the league. And, uh, man, we had to play a lot of great quarterbacks. Uh, it seemed like everybody we played all year had, had a, had a great player at quarterback. And, you know, I think we led the league in ACC play and scoring, um, you know, so, you know, our guys did a lot of good things to earn their way here. And we certainly last year watching it, the old Kenny Pickett fake slide, you know, uh, you know, home watching it like everybody else and certainly missed the opportunity to be in this game. And this is, this is everything for us has come through, you know, winning this league. And uh, so you can't win it if you're not in it. So we're really thankful uh, and have a great appreciation for, you know, this weekend and, and for everyone. I, I played in the first ever championship game back in 1992. So 30 years ago, I, I, I played in that game uh, in Birmingham. And, uh, you know, and, and now here we are 30 years later and everybody has a championship game. Nobody had them that back then. And I remember nobody, we weren't happy about it. And Coach Stallings was furious about it because, you know, we had to go beat Florida, uh, who was like nine and two or something. We had to go beat them, even though we had already, we were number two and already in the national championship. So it's just interesting how it's all come full circle now. Now all these conferences are having a championship game this weekend and, and, um, you know, thankful that we get the opportunity to go play. Yeah, but Chapel with the state. Um, have you seen the response you wanted from DJ in practice this week? And where's he kind of at into the game? You think confidence wise? Yeah, I mean, he's 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 done his part, you know, which is all he can do, you know. Uh, and I'm gonna let him throw it and catch it. Uh, so I mean, he's done his part. He's had a great week of practice, and the team has responded, uh, you know, like you want. But move forward, and and uh, at the end of the day, we're ten and two. And we won our division uh, and earned the opportunity to be here. And so, um, you know, expect him to play well. All right, Dabo Sweeney from today in Charlotte. Here's Mac Brown, his counterpart from North Carolina. Tar Heels seeking to uh, really uh, make a name for themselves, even though Clemson's a bit wounded, beating Clemson in, in Charlotte to win the ACC championship in his rebuilding efforts at North Carolina would do wonders for the program. It would also lift their spirits because the basketball team lost, what, twice last week, I think, Chris? Uh, got beat by Alabama, got beat by somebody else. So you know the Tar Heel fans are down in the dumps terribly, right? A little too soon, isn't it? But it is kind of fun to see them. Uh, the, the funny part was them losing to NC State, and about five minutes later their basketball team also lost a game. Almost simultaneously, it was a bad Saturday for Tar Heel fans for sure. They lost again this week, yeah. by the way, to Indiana. Yep. So it's three mm -hmm. losses in a row for yeah. their basketball team. Is it three in a row? Yeah, yeah. I knew they were 
taking some losses there. Here's Mac Brown. Of course, he's uh, he's ever the optimist, and here he is trying to lift the spirits of the Tar Heels, getting ready for the Tigers. We've played twice in this stadium in the Queen City since I've been back. First year we beat South Carolina. Last year we lost to them in the bowl game. So um, a tremendous honor for us to be back in Bank America Stadium because we have so many players from Charlotte and surrounding areas. And it, it's going to be fun for them to come back home. Uh, so proud of Drake May, uh, player of the year, rookie of the year. Uh, he'll be at the banquet tonight. I'll be sitting there with a great smile and a lot of pride for him. Uh, to get the recognition that he deserves because we wouldn't be here without him. And then you look at guys like Sed Gray that's from Charlotte. It's one of the best linebackers in the country. And and uh, both of those guys have gotten a lot of awards. And, and Josh Downs, one of the best receivers in the country. So we got a lot of good players. Um, as I said, we've got our hands full. But really, really proud of this program. we got a Coastal Championship. We've gone to our fourth straight bowl. Uh, we've won nine games with two left to play and a chance to do something that hadn't been done in 42 years. So a uh, fun time for us, great challenge um, against one of the best teams in the country, uh, like us that, that's coming in. Uh, not very happy after last weekend, but I, I think it'll be a great game. I wonder if you could take us back to that year. Did you to call Dabo, um, invite him to Texas, and, and anything you're regretting discussing right now with the matchup looming? No, Steve. Um Coach Gene Stallings is a very dear friend of mine. And uh, in fact, Sally and I started a, a Rise School of Austin because of Coach Stallings and his son, Johnny, who had Down syndrome. And and we played them in the Gator Bowl when I was at North Carolina. And, and we just loved Coach Stallings and loved Johnny. And, and Sally fell in love with Johnny. And when we got to Texas, Coach Stallings called and said, uh, there's a Rise School uh, in uh, Dallas, there's a rise school in Austin. It's basically a, a preschool for young kids with special needs. And he said, we've got one in Tuscaloosa. You need one in Austin. So now it's named after Sally. And we have a school in Austin that's very, very good and and thriving. And Coach Stallings absolutely loves Dabo. That's his guy. And Woody McCorvey, who basically runs the football program with Dabo, um, is a dear friend of mine from high school days at Woodson High School in, in Pensacola, Florida, when I was at Southern Miss. So coaches know each other. So I didn't call Debo when he got the job. He called me, and I think he called about five other people, and they all said no. And I said, sure, come on, come on. And uh, because of, of me caring about Coach Stallings, I think Coach Stallings even said he called and said, will you help him out? And Woody McCorvey called and said, come on, help Debo out. And we just had a good time, and, and we, we run our program so much alike. And, and it's not that he came to me and asked me what we did. It's what he's developed into. Uh, but we, we share so many things. And a lot of the recruits that come to both places say the, the programs are just – we hear the same things when we, we go to each one. So very, very proud for Dabo and all he's accomplished. And he's kind of at the point now where I was at Texas. You, you win so much that if you ever lose, people are shocked – and I can't believe it. And the world's coming to an end. You're 10 and 2. A lot of people like to have Dabo's problems. Um, but but he's uh, he handles it, and he handles it right, and um, and and he's just done a, a great job. Matt, kind of piggybacking off of that, um, is there anything when you came back to Chapel Hill in 2019 that you instead took from what Dabo was currently doing at Clemson that you wanted to uh, implement in your – Yes, I took from Dabo that you need to recruit really, really good players the best ones in the country and then turn them loose because he's done that. 
but no, we, we, I've talked to Dabo all the time. I mean, we, we never lost, uh, contact with each other. Even when I got out of coaching, like I said, he was one of the go-to guys with, uh, with me when I would ask about his thoughts in college football and where we were going with these things. And, and, uh, he was so transparent. He would share anything with me. So, and, and still will, I could honestly call him, talk to him Friday night and we could have a good conversation without crossing the line to get into what's going to happen in the game. And I just have to make the, make everything fair. I asked, um, coach Sweeney, what was his silent X factor to win tomorrow? So I ask you the same. Who is your silent X factor for a win tomorrow? Who what who did he say? Mafa. Yeah, well, he's real good, so I can I can see that. Somebody said, "Boy, are you worried about Shipley?" I said, "No, when they take him, they got a two hundred thirty pound back. They're going to put in, and and um, you you look at what the guy's done. He's they they Notre Dame pounded us with a big back, so I know that's got to be part of." of what Clemson's looking at tomorrow. It's just, can we stop the run when we look at it? Uh, who would our be, be our, our ex guy? I think our guys, not our ex guys, Drake may Drake has to play well for us to have a chance to win. And, and probably within that group, then you'd, you'd say Antoine green, because everybody knows Josh Downs and Antoine's been a great player. He's missed five games because of injury, but when he's been out there, he's really helped us. Wondering when you recruited Drake, from here in Charlotte, what about his makeup and mentality led you to believe he could bring a team to a championship game and, and play on this stage? And did you think then that he could do so this early? Yeah, Nick, he's, he's got really good genes. Uh, his dad was a graduate assistant for me. I didn't get to uh, coach him because I came the year after he got through playing and Mark led the ACC in passing and then hurt his shoulder, or he would have been an NFL player. And and then you look at the brother goes to win a national championship in baseball. Brother goes and win a national championship in, in basketball. Other brothers on the Carolina basketball team, uh, they are a family of champions. That's who they are. They're, they're smart. They've got great faith. They compete at a very high level. They're very confident. They're very humble. Uh, when I called him and said, congratulations on being the, the player of the year in the ACC, he started the, oh, well, you know, coach, it's about all the other players and all that. And I said, Drake, just say thank you, man. You've played great. All right, there you go. Mac Brown on the heels of Dabo Sweeney. Big love, f- uh, love fest there between the two head coaches. They really <laughs> do like each other. Not going to like each other, though, for about three hours tomorrow night in Charlotte. All right, we'll go to the break. Now, when we come back, we'll bring you comments from uh, Jamie Chadwell, getting ready to take on Troy, then a little bit of recruiting, and then birdies and bogeys around uh, South Carolina. And let's see, we have no score, 9.08 to play in the first quarter, no score thus far between Johnsonville and Christchurch in the 1A championship game here at Benedict College. Back in just a moment. If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. 
When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions played it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Founders Federal Credit Union knows your life is busy and your money is important. We are proud to offer local personalized services and convenient online services like Founders Online and the Founders app. You'll love being with us as much as we love serving you. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership with Founders. Relax, win with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Okay, time for recruiting here on Sports Talk on this Friday night. Then some comments from Jamie Chadwell. Recruiting, of course, is brought to you by our good friends over at Seawell's Pad. Did you make it over to Seawell's today to eat your share and my share on a roast beef Friday? I was hoping to, but I was too tied up with my day job. But I did. uh, My brother was in the area and had asked me to meet him for lunch. I told him I was unable to, but recommended Seawell's to him. He sent me back a photo of his plate and the amount oh. of food that he fit onto his plate today, the amount of roast beef, and he, he uh, did the same approach that I've been taking where you use one of the glasses that you can get whatever drink you want and just put a lot of gravy into it and just dump it oh. on everything. So he, he had a plate full of the roast beef, lots of gravy, a big old thing of banana pudding. He greatly enjoyed Seawell's today. Well, I'm sorry I missed it too. Busy over here with the championships. Catch them next week. Hope you can do the same Monday through Friday, 11 to 2, the daily luncheon buffet. And, of course, for the best in catering, just give Seawells a call, 803-771-7385. Just a couple of quick notes in recruiting. Kind of a quiet time as things start to heat up. Coaches went on the road today for the first time. School visits, in-home visits, and the like. Athletes who Darian Harrison of Woodland 
taking an official to Virginia this weekend. Cornerback Isaiah Johnson of Richmond scheduled to visit Michigan State this weekend. He is set for Virginia Tech's uh, next weekend in USC December 16th. USC target transfer offensive tackle Ajani Cornelius offered by Boston College in Illinois. And USC target 24 receiver T.J. Moore offered by Alabama. Now there you go with some uh, quick recruiting notes. Chris, why don't you take us into uh, Coach Chadwell's comments from earlier today. Well, as they get ready to face Troy tomorrow afternoon at Troy, Alabama, in the uh, Sunbelt Conference uh, Championship game, you kind of expect these press conferences like Clemson and, and North Carolina a couple of moments ago to preview the other team. This was more about dispelling rumors and also dealing with probably the biggest question on the planet right now, certainly along the Grand Strand, and that's whether or not Grayson McCall will play tomorrow at quarterback for Coastal. Jamie Chadwell saying earlier today it's going to be a game-time decision, and here's how he's going to evaluate that. Here's Jamie from earlier today. I need to go through uh, warm-ups and see how he responds to the treatment that he's been receiving the last few days. He has practiced some for us, uh, and every day that he's practiced, he's gotten better, but the, the next day has been challenging with the foot injury. And so uh, he'll go through warm-ups, and then we'll make decision how he looks in warm-ups. Secondly, uh, there's a lot of uh, rumors going around uh, about me and uh, uh, my next move. Uh, and so I want to let everybody know that I have not signed any uh, contract or anything to go to another place. Uh, there's a lot of things flying around uh, on the on the Internet. We talked to our team about that today. And so our sole focus is on this championship game uh, and helping bring a second title in three years to Coastal Carolina. Uh, this team is – uh, proved a lot. There's been a lot of ups and downs to get to this point. Uh, our uh, uh, with what we lost after last year uh, from a production standpoint on both sides of the ball, 17 starters. If you count all of our specialists, uh, that was 20 out of uh, 25 um, that we lost. Uh, we were probably not expected to get here. And then we lost our three top running backs, basically game one. A lot of injuries on both sides of the ball. We're down four starters on the defensive side of the ball uh, throughout this throughout the season. But this team overcame and they earned the right to be here and uh, play in this championship game. Uh, this has probably been the most rewarding uh, season that our coaching staff has had because there was a uh, there was a lot of expectations within uh, our program, but not outside of it. Uh, and we had a lot to overcome, and this team found a way to do that nine times throughout the year and put themselves in this position. So we're excited about representing the East uh, in the new Sun Belt, if that's what you call it. We're excited to be the East representative. Uh, and we're looking forward to uh, playing an unbelievable, unbelievably talented, well-coached toy team. We know they're they're tough to beat. It's tough to win here. Uh, they've had a tremendous season. So congratulations to them uh, on the way they played. They're on a tremendous run, and um, they've represented the Sun Belt uh, well. Um, but we're looking forward to playing well and, and hoisting that trophy uh, tomorrow about seven o'clock. So that's a, that's our plan, and uh, I'll welcome questions from there. Coach Dave Eckert from uh, back in Myrtle Beach. Glad you got here safe. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, ask their coach, you know, playing playing you guys. I think it's two of the most more talented teams in the Sun Belt making it on this stage. What it's been like preparing for them and, uh, like you said, representing the Sun Belt. Well, uh, our guys, our players know uh, they're really good. As you, as you obviously watch the video and you see the statistics, you see the games they've won and how they've won them. They're a dominant physical team. They've got a lot of a lot of upperclassmen, uh, specifically uh, on the, the defensive side of the ball, and uh, they're really, really good. Uh, and Coach uh, has got them to buy into his culture and their belief, and they're playing at a high level. And uh, they've been consistent. They've not had one game where uh, there's been a down. That's the thing I think that we're most impressed with. And if you look on offense, the last uh, the last few weeks, they've just been really pounding the rock. Uh, Kamani has done a fantastic job 
uh, running the ball. Uh, I think two of the last three games over 200 yards, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they're, they're physical group. Our team knows it's going to be a physical battle. Um, and we've had some the last three years, we've had some great games versus Troy. Uh, and uh, we've been fortunate enough to come out on top. But we know we know that we're going to have to play well to, to win and especially win here. All right. Comments from Jamie Chadwell uh, getting ready to take on Troy down in Alabama tomorrow. See how things go for them. See how things go for Clemson tomorrow night over in Charlotte as well. And we are still scoreless here between Johnsonville and Christchurch. Straight down the middle, it went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a wee wee bit. That's when McCaddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has never been found to this day. All right, we take a little bit of a step back for a few minutes here on Sports Talk. We welcome in George Bryan III for another edition of Birdies and Bogeys around the state of South Carolina as things start to cool off just a little bit around the state. And golfers, however, like hunters, George, they're not slowed down by the weather. In fact, maybe they are even more enthused about getting out and playing golf this time of the year when it's a little bit cooler, I happen to love the sound of the leaves and the fallen nuts under my cleats as I'm walking through the woods looking for my for my golf ball. That I find that to be energizing in some way. Well, absolutely. That's it's my favorite time of the year for a number of reasons. We're still in football season. Saturday afternoons and Sunday afternoons, pretty much, you'll have it to ourselves. It. it and and then, as you mentioned, uh, I have hit plenty of balls in the woods recently. It's a little more difficult to find those golf, find those golf balls in the leaves. Uh, <laughs> but at least you have the golf course to yourself, and you can play a lot more golf and, and walking. I tell you, this time of year, walking, to me, is absolutely beautiful. And that reminds me, went up to the mountains just a little bit ago, about a month ago, and played with Randolph, my buddies Randolph and, and uh, Bear and Jeff. And uh, we walked all but nine holes, played 45 holes in two days, uh, Asheville, a place called Biltmore. Uh, and nothing like this time of year, walking, carrying your bag, and being with your golf buddy. So... And having the golf course to ourselves. So uh, I would agree. I would agree. But let me throw this at you. Let me throw this at you. One thing that I find, and of course the whole world knows this too, as the seasons change and we move into the winter months, the sun is in a is in a different spot. And do you find it sometimes challenging on the golf course because the sun, I guess, basically is lower, and it seems like the sun is more in your eyes on a golf course or maybe anywhere, like when you're driving, but in particular we're talking about on a golf course, seems like the sun is in your eyes. It makes it a little bit more difficult to judge things down the fairway, find your ball in the air, on the ground, whatever the case may be. Is it just me or is that like a a problem for everybody? Or is it even a problem? Oh, it it can be. And so in addition to to the sun being a little lower and, uh, (laughs) you know, 
I, I never thought too much about the value of eyes in golf until I got older and my eyes got blurrier. And I, hmm. I have, there's no question the shadows cast make a big difference. And that's probably the bigger problem for me is shadows and what, what the differential between when you see it in the light versus the shadows. And, but I like that challenge. I love the challenge of the sun in your eyes. Uh, almost everybody has a hard time with that. So I usually press when the sun's in the eyes and I'm one down. No question, that's a press. <laughs> uh, just because I don't see that well anymore. Don't need to look up. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, Makes sense. Uh, uh, if, you've got, if you've got your opponent, if you've got your boot on the throat of your opponent and, and he's bothered by the sun or whatever, go ahead and, and press and, uh, and take everything he's worth. And I'll tell you what, speaking of uh, uh, opponent, the last time that I lost big was, was uh, with Tsunami Robbie, and I actually think I still owe him about $37. Uh, and it was a very sunny, windy day. Uh, I hope Robbie is not too upset. Let's, if, if he is, if he's close, let's go ahead and invite him on the tee. Welcome, Tsunami Robbie. Tsunami Robbie is live from the Tsunami Center right now. <laughs> Fellas, good to hey. be with you. George, good to be with you. Phil, good to be with you. And and yes, you still owe me thirty-seven dollars, but uh, well, we'll just roll it over. We'll just roll it over because I know all you got to do is just get on fire for nine holes, and I'll be down 15 in no time. <laughs> yeah, what I did, Phil, is uh, it seems I can't remember the exact circumstances, but I got out over my skis a little bit, and I went mm. big on me. Got a little arrogant, and it tur- it went in the Tsunami Robbie's favor, and I lost, I lost 37 all in one hole, I think. The last. Oh my gosh! So, yeah, but the you know, question uh, is, how yeah. did you rebound? How did you rebound from that, George? It hasn't. That's why I said I still owe him thirty-seven. <laughs> we carry it. Uh, we haven't <laughs> rebounded yet. So, uh, hey, it's pretty cool though. I I love this. I love this time of year. We talk a lot about walking. Uh, Want to bring Tsunami Robbie in? Let, go ahead. This segment sponsored by Tsunami Bar Sports. And our Tsunami Bar Training Center, 720 Chris Drive, that's right beside Mantula, right down the way. The frontage road for I-26, as you get off Highway uh, 378, right there at the I-26, 378 exit, turn by the McDonald's, find your way down. And we are in the Williams Strength, Total Strength and Speed Weight Manufacturing Plant. So, Tsunami Robbie, talk a little bit about how that tsunami bar is going to influence those who play golf and walk. Because you got to be in pretty decent shape to walk two to four miles for nine, three to six miles for 18. Take it away, Tsunami Robbie. Yes, sir, George. Do you know you're exactly right? I, I, I used to walk, especially when I went to graduate school, is when I really got introduced to walking as, as predominantly in golf. I went to graduate school up in Michigan. And up there, it is a walking game. It is, you get the finger of shame pointed at you if you go ask for a cart. I don't care if you're old, young, middle. It doesn't make any difference. If you're out there with clubs, you're, you're expected to walk or pull a little trolley along to carry your club. So I got introduced to it there and found out that I enjoyed the game immensely more walking than I did riding in the cart. And I felt like I played better. I was more engaged. And then I moved back to the south 
and of course it's 110 and you need to get back in the cart because it's tough to walk in the middle of the day on some of these courses got a lot of space in between pea and green and uh and then by chance uh about a year ago i decided well you know i'm gonna walk again so i took my bag and i felt like i was in pretty good shape and by the time i got to number two i was huffing and puffing so bad <laughs> i just couldn't it was hard, it was hard to, to get through nine holes much less 18. so yeah you do have to be in shape and this is the time of year to do it and uh, just like i said i'm live over here at the tsunami center right now working on some rotational power using the tsunami tools and uh, kind of using the multi-stick the little 47 from heaven as you like to call it and i'm attaching a band to it uh, with an anchor point and i'm kind of doing some unilateral band resistance moves using that tsunami bar to work on rotational power to help get that lengthen some lengthen out my backswing just a little bit and get more club head speed so i can bomb it past well you know <laughs> maybe somebody <laughs> maybe, maybe i'll be able to get it by somebody we, Tsunami Robbie does bomb it. There's no question. He hits it really, uh, he hits it pretty long. Hey, Phil, talk to the folks. I know there are a few out there listening may want to check in and, and uh, look at that Tsunami Bar. Talk about how to get, how they can watch it while they're listening. Well, what we have done is taken some videos of me and uh, Robbie working together briefly, not an extreme workout by any means. And just doing some videos and doing some light work with the uh, the tsunami bar, and and Robbie instructing me on ways to use it to uh, to benefit you know myself or anybody else that is is going to be using one. We're posting those videos on our website, SportsTalkSC.com, changing them out about once a week, and you can see the video on our, our right hand side of the of the website. And and as a as last time I checked, guys, the one that's up now it's been viewed over a couple of thousand times, so people are putting their eyes on them, which is great. Uh, and then, of course, we've got uh, the, the digital ad for the Tsunami Bar on the website. You just click on that, Robbie. It'll take you right to your website, and then now you can tell people what they can find on your website and how to navigate that and how to get in touch with you guys. Yeah, nice. that's fantastic. Uh, you know, it's, it's great that the viewer or the listeners can – can, uh, can get some eyeballs on this thing through your website. And absolutely, uh, and when you get uh, directed uh, back to the Tsunami Bar Sports at TsunamiBarSports.com, uh, there are videos um, very similar to the ones that Phil and I did over here at the center uh, that show um, more uh, variety of the tools that we have along with more exercises. And then you can get redirected even to the YouTube channel which has even more, especially where the multi-stick, the 63-inch model is involved, which is more of the exercise-type stick as opposed to a, a, um, a, a golf training aid, something you want to carry in your bag and be more mobile with it. But there's, there's lots of tools. Uh, George is, is uh, um, you know, in fact, I was watching some video today of a guy that was, he was a, um, an amateur golfer, probably a 12, 15 handicap, and he was, they showing his swing in slow motion, and he was releasing his club about halfway down through the in the in the through, in the through swing coming down on the ball. And George, you use the laginator a lot to teach people how to hold that lag until you get down around the impact zone, and uh, and you want to get that thing to click. Phil, I think you used it when you were over here with us. George, talk about the laginator mm-hmm. for a second, and how that can help you in the impact release. 
So what the Laginator is, it's an abbreviated pup. Fits in the bag. It's only 24, 26 inches thereabouts, and and uh, it's a shaft awareness tool. It clicks. It takes advantage of vestibular sensory, basically meaning your sense of sound and feel at the same time. And and uh, probably one of the best instructors in the country, even the world, Todd Anderson, has his students use it just uh, for home practice and you swing it for feel and what what'll happen is the shaft bends and the the idea behind lag is that energy storage uh, is manufactured during the backswing so you get a click on the backswing where you want energy to be stored and the idea is to delay the energy to exactly the right time so you get the most out of the shaft. See the shaft, the shaft, the engine behind the golf club, and the, it it motors that golf ball. So you want a time where you get maximal energy. It's a little bit like using a diving board or a trampoline. You want the right, you want the right type of spring, and you want to time the jump the way you hit it. And so the lagginator allows you to study that timing, that lag, and the better you store the energy, the better your timing, and ideally, you want to click it just past where the ball would be. So that's energy stored just beyond where the ball is. So you begin to to develop this idea of accelerating through the impact zone. So you run through the finish line. So that Laginator is a shaft awareness tool to help you learn how to use your engine for, to release that stored energy. All that talent that you have in your body, Tsunami Robbie, you want to you want to be able to invest it in the golf ball. So there's and, a short by using that explanation. And by using that laginator, you don't need you if you want more yards on your irons, your driver, whatever club you have in your hand, just by mastering the laginator, you don't have to put one mile an hour faster in your club head speed to get more distance. Is that correct? Yeah, so that's the cool thing. If you I'm just going to use the analogy. Let's say you're, you're, uh, you got 90 miles an hour of speed. If you time it, if you time the release of that energy, uh, the same nine, 90 miles an hour speed can, can produce, and I'm just throwing these numbers out, 220 yard ball flight, uh, or a 200 yard ball flight. Well, the, the by using a laginator, you'll time where that speed occurs just right and so it's a very golf's an interesting sport it really perplexes those who are very strong most of the strong athletes don't convert their speed into distance on the golf course (laughs) it creates a lot of frustration i've seen some of the best greatest athletes on planet earth truly proven baseball basketball football now here's one thing you never see seldom see the hockey players not convert that explosive strength and speed into club speed on the golf course. They they do have a distinct advantage because of that hockey stick. But most of the perplexing situations with the athletes come from strength, not necessarily converted into speed on the golf course. My 90-pound daughter, a sophomore in college, would hit it by 250-pound uh, football player a bunch, and that's frustrating. <laughs> 
that's uh, they got nothing like the game of golf. And this time of year is my favorite. Like I said, it's because we have the golf courses to ourselves. But it's also, hey, Sonoma, you probably I'm proud of you. You're in the training center right now. You're getting ready for that next match. You want that 37 to turn into something greater. I can tell. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. I got a lot of work to do, George, to even uh, get on the course with you, because you you are. Uh, I know you you don't talk about it a lot, but you are still a player, and uh, I've seen it in action. The guy can hits. Uh, he takes everybody else's hitting the. You know, trying to muscle up a pitching wedge. You know, at 127 yards or something like that. George will take out a seven iron and flight it, keep it down low, hit it uh, hit it about 100. And, 18 yards and let it release and runs up and ends up a foot from the cup and uh, everybody else is in the bunker or behind the green or somewhere else so uh, george bryan can play some golf i've seen it well phil i learned a lot of these a lot of these uh ideas from phil cornbley we go uh we go back so phil our radio game gets real big about this time on friday night doesn't it it does indeed. In fact, I have a question for the two of you. I'll, I'll start with you, George, and, and Robbie. Maybe you'll, you'll know. So I was watching the Golf Channel the other night. Oh, by the way, while I'm thinking about that, let me update the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas. And you've got uh, Victor Hovland at five under after two rounds, Xander Shoffley and Scotty Scheffler and Cameron Young and Colin Morikawa. They are all at uh, four under par. And Tom Kim is at three under, and we've got, uh, we've got let's see, uh, Justin Thomas is two under, John Rahm is even, Kevin Kisner is in the event, he's plus two, uh, and uh, he's the only one from South Carolina that I have in the group there uh, of, of players that we follow, uh, so um, he's trying to hang in there. This is, of course, Tiger's event, but Tiger had to pull out because he's got planta fasciatus in one of his feet, uh, Robbie, speaking of that, what could you do for Tiger? What could you do? And I know you're, we're speaking out of school here. We're not doctors. But with Tiger's body, what could you do with Tiger's body there at the Tsunami Bar Sports Center to get that poor boy back in shape? <laughs> well, you know, you're right. Tiger Tiger is a, is a, a beast. Uh, and, you know, I think back to when I first saw Tiger – when he was uh, an amateur, uh, even before he got to the, uh, Stanford playing college golf, and um, he was just a skinny kid. And uh, once he, uh, and, but he had lots of speed. He obviously could play the game. And when he turned perfect, got into college and then turned professional, he really dedicated himself to the physicality part, the physical part of trying to become the best physical athlete he could in the golfing ranks. And it paid some big dividends for him, but the training that he did might have caused some problems or helped to lead to some of those problems that he's had physically along the way. But he's always evolved. He's always learned. He's always gone to a a different route if things weren't working right. So this guy, you know, he can run, he can lift. He's got great flexibility. He's got awesome speed. He's obviously had, you know, many surgeries. Um, And right now he's got this plantar fasciitis. And the best thing to do for that is just what uh, he said on the telecast today was uh, to give it rest. Uh, there, were, there were three options on the table. One was surgical, uh, one, was, uh, one was injection therapy, and one was give it some rest. And he chose to give it some rest. Uh, and uh, he, can, he can tee it up in the PNC, I believe, next week or the week after that. 
and uh, he's got a cart available for that, so he doesn't have to be on his feet uh, for the whole event. But um, the Sonata Bar could definitely help Tiger. Tiger's 47 <laughs> years old, and lifting now the way that Tiger's been, been lifting and working out for this whole time, he hasn't experienced anything like the tsunami bar where it's less abrasive on you skeletally uh, for your skeletal system and muscular system. So he does, he won't have near the breakdown and near the recovery time and still getting the, the benefit of the workouts that he was doing long before this plus some because the body's going to react differently to this dynamic live training. And uh, I would love, you know, we've tried to reach out to, to Tiger a few times, but it's tough when you got to go to his people, and his people have yeah. people, people have people <laughs> that have people before you ever ever get to Tiger. So, uh, you know, hey, I'm, I'm very confident he's going to find our technology, and it will. It it I I just have this sneaky suspicion he's going to have a lot of good things to say in the future, because here's the one thing about it. You, Dr. Vince Vismara says it best. He's a cardiologist on our advisory board. Hey, George, I don't know of, of uh, any technology out there where you can invest m- less and get more of a, of a result. More on that next week. And Tsunami Robbie, I'm getting the – we got to putt out on this last hole. As we putt out, Tsunami Robbie, uh, I want to congratulate on the girls' side, ranked number one in South Carolina, Madison Messimer. And on the boys' side, Andrew Gregory. So these players are ranked number one in the state. We are traditionally one of the best, if not the best state in the whole country for developing junior golf talent. And congratulations. It takes a lot of hard work to get that number one ranking. So until next week, man, I enjoyed it. Uh, Tee them high, but shoot them low. George, Robbie, always a pleasure. Great hearing from you. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week, fellas. Yes, sir. Y'all have a great week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And, folks, don't forget to get over. If you got a chance and you're in that part of uh, West Columbia there on Chris Drive, go by and see Robbie and check out the Tsunami Bar uh, Fitness Center. You will You will be amazed. I'm serious. I'm not just flapping my gums here. You'll be amazed. Uh, check it out, and uh, you'll meet Robbie if he's there or some of the others. Maybe you'll even get a chance to see how they make the tsunami bars. Pretty spectacular stuff back there in the way back, how they do that thing. And uh, check it out. That's all I can tell you. Get a chance. Uh, check it out. We have a 7-7 game here in the – oh, nope, 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 nope. We have a 14-7 game here. Christchurch has just scored. We're in the uh, second quarter, 8-0-2 to play. Christchurch is leading Johnsonville 14 14- to seven, and uh, let's see what's uh, what's cooking here as far as the numbers. Looks like Christchurch, as I thought, throwing the ball pretty well, 115 yards passing. Johnsonville, 71 yards rushing, so they're kind of both trying to do what they basically uh, have always done. But right now, Christchurch is uh, your leader at 14 to seven. Uh, Clemson at the half is trailing Wake Forest, 33-26. In their ACC opener at Little John, you've got uh, with 10 points. P.J. Hall back in the starting lineup tonight. Uh, he's got 10 and 5, and he's the only Tiger in double figures. And the Tigers are shooting 35% to 43%. 
They're shooting one of ten from three. Maybe they should stop shooting threes. Indeed. Wake Forest and is six of, of 15. <laughs> Tigers are nine of ten for the line, but they have turned it over ten times, yeah. as you mentioned there, uh, Mr. Bergen. So Tigers are down seven at the break. And I want to remind everybody, high school scoreboard tonight at 10.05. David Shelton will join me. We'll have more coverage of the championship games from earlier today and last night and the game coming that is being played right now tonight. So make sure you you rejoin us at 10.05. And uh, we'll hear from Scott Early and Shell Dula talking about everything going on next week at the Touchstone Energy Bowl North-South All-Star Game in Myrtle Beach. We'll be there for that all week long. Uh, Chris, any final thoughts, my friend? Well, it's going to be a basketball note, but I'm excited about tomorrow, the 85th meeting between Coastal and Winthrop. Should be a lot of fun at Rock Hill. I realize everybody else's focus is going to be on the championship games, but I think this will be good. And if I'm not mistaken, second longest rivalry in South Carolina on the basketball floor between those two. All right. Pat, you had a note that you wanted to share with us. Eric Kimry, longtime friend of the program, former Hammond School coach, and, of course, South Carolina football player, led his new school, Baylor, to their first state championship since 1973, and they were led by former Gamecock head coach Will Muschamp's son, Will. Just wanted to throw that out. Very nice. Yeah, very nice. Okay, Baylor school. I don't know, is that a private school, charter school? I have no idea anymore what what kind of schools are a particular school anymore. So, anyway, have a great weekend. Follow our coverage of Clemson and North Carolina tomorrow night as well, and we'll see you Monday on Sports Talk.